Yo, how is everyone doing? Hope all y'all's enjoying the summer break as we enter the month of August. Well, welcome to the fourth episode of the Footprints Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Winoto, and today we've got a great friend of mine and a youth pastor all the way from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Jehuda Kusuma on the show. As he makes an impact through the Aero Generation community he started in the city of brotherly love, he spreads positive vibes and encourages young people to embrace community and togetherness even in these tough times. It has always been Jehuda's slogan that he is his father's legacy as he follows his father's footsteps as a pastor and a man of great impact. If you're curious to find out the impact he leaves on the young generation, well, so am I. So let's jump right in to today's episode of the Footprints Podcast. This is the Footprints Podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Footprints Podcast, where we will explore the footprints of today's heroes and tomorrow's leaders. Before we start today, I just really want to express my gratitude to you all. Thank you so much for listening to the last three episodes of this podcast, and really excited to do this one with a good friend of mine from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Judah, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Doing good. Uh, almost, almost the weekend time, so getting ready to just hang out with family, go to church. Right, 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 right. What have you been up to here in Philadelphia, um, and how is uh, your community AGC doing these days? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as you've known in US right now, it's there's a lot going on with coronavirus. Um, I think ever since March for AGC, we've been going to online platform. So through YouTube, uh, we've been doing that every week, every Sunday. And thanks God, like it's been reaching new people. And I think right now, like even though it's like pandemic, everyone is like worried about everything. I think it's also opportunity from God just to expand like our online platform. Where since quarantine, like we started our website, we started our YouTube, we've made more online content for everyone to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Right. I really agree. I think this pandemic has caused a shift in every field. So, um, like every field is forced to shift online and start. Um, utilizing like digital services right um yeah so really excited for you to be on the show judah is obviously a good friend of mine and it's great to reconnect again after like i think seven eight months um yeah yeah. yeah, we last met like last december right um but yeah probably we can start with uh, you talking a little bit about yourself how you ended up in philadelphia and maybe a little bit of a background of when your parents moved to the u.s and started a church there yeah, for sure. Yeah, so for me, I was born in New York. Um, my parents moved around a little bit, like New Hampshire, Philadelphia, New York for a time. And then we ended up staying here in, New- uh, in Philadelphia. And so basically, like, the story of my parents meeting, it's like, you can make that to like a one and a half hour, like, love story, crazy rich Asians. But basically, yeah, like, um, my dad, or my mom originally came here um, in 1999. Um, from the riots that were going on in Indonesia. She was the youngest of the family. She was still single at the time. So they wanted to bring her here for better education, just for better opportunities for life. And the next year, my dad also came to Canada, actually, 
for ministry. He was already a pastor by then. And he had a girlfriend at the time living in Toronto, Canada. So he was ministering in Canada and then he met his girlfriend and he tells me this story like in the church so often. It's like um, when he went to Toronto, his girlfriend actually broke up with him there. And so he just remembered being so heartbroken. He walked to Niagara Falls by himself and he was crying in Niagara Falls. And my dad remembers um, his uncle just patting him in the back. He's like, it's okay, Lucas. Like if monkeys can even get married, like if someone as ugly as a monkey can find their mate, I think you can too. And then my dad came back. He's like, oh, if I'm a monkey and you're related to me, that means you're a gorilla too. <laughs> and then so, wow. so um, that happened. And then he ended up um, getting a call from his pastor to ministry in Philadelphia, actually. And that was the first time where he met my mom. And ever since there, um, my dad relocated to New York. Then they've like only six months and then they married and ended up living in New York for the first year. Um and yeah, so we were living in New York at the time. And if you remember, like, so I was born in 2001, August, and like a major event in U.S. history is 9-11, which happened September 11, 2001, um, yeah. which is like, the terrorist attacks in New York where um, Al-Qaeda, you know, Twin Towers, everything. And that was less than a month after I was born. So at the time, my parents, like new immigrants, they're not citizen yet. They don't know what they're doing, like in America. And of course, they're panicked, like they don't know where to go. So we decided to move to New Hampshire for a little bit and then Philadelphia, where 2002, my dad prayed to God and he got the vision and the calling um, to open up Bethany Church, which is, yeah, since 2002. In March, we just celebrated our 18th year anniversary. Um, wow. Sadly, we can do it in person, but, you know, 18 years is still something to celebrate, even if we were all separated at the time due to quarantine. And yeah, so... Ever since 2002, we've been living here, grew up in Philadelphia, love Philadelphia, uh, my hometown. My sister um, also was born in 2011 after my mom uh, suffered two miscarriages, actually, in 2006 and 2010. So, yeah, praise God. Like, my sister, she's super healthy now. Um, and, yeah, so now me and my sister are 10 years apart. So while I'm in college, she's second grade, third grade. Right at that level where very, very special, sometimes very annoying, but that's <laughs> she is, that little sister is for you. Yeah, that's how siblings is, right? And yeah. um, it was such a journey, I think, for your parents. And what happened in 2001, I think I can see some similarities to what's happening today. Also, like there's so much uncertainty. And in these times of uncertainty, I think having your dad's faith and just that belief to start the church, um, I think it's just really special. And as your dad started Bethany Church, uh, I realized that you're also the leader of your youth community in the church, right? Um, which you call uh, the Arrow Generation community. For this Arrow Generation community, um, yeah, I, I just really want to know, like, what made you decide to start this? And basically, what was your urge and motivation to say, hey, this Arrow Generation community is needed, it's necessary for the youth here in Philadelphia? Yeah, so for our youth, um, so originally we were Air Generation. We were on Saturdays. Um, that name, Air Generation, was started, I think, 2013, 2014. Um, and it's from Psalms 121, if I'm not mistaken. Like arrows in the mighty warrior's hands, our youth in the hands of God. And so basically from there, 
you know, from Saturdays, like, it's it was good. Like, there were a lot of Indo youth there. But really, like, in the beginning or middle of 2019, me and my dad, we really started thinking about the future of the church. Like, we know right now a lot of the church, like, praise God, like, in Philadelphia, there's a big Indonesian community. So our church can grow in that aspect. But also, for myself, I really have the heart for non-Indonesian people, mm, which is okay. the rest of Philadelphia. If, if Indonesia right. makes up like 5%, the 95%, like we also want to open the doors for them and really have a community for them. And so I remember in the summer of 2019, actually, we had a summer camp and um, one of the nights, like the last night before he left, we were talking, just me and him one-on-one. And he was really talking about like, like now is your time to start a community. Now is your time to start a new opportunity for the rest of Philadelphia, which is, yeah, the 95% who also need Jesus. And from there, I'm like, yeah, of course what he says is right because it's not him, but it's from God. And so from September 2019, we opened up AGC in December 2019, which is like, which we were planning to do. So imagine it's only like three months to plan an entire new church, a new organization, basically, and moving it on Sunday, having it at 4 p.m., changing the location to the main sanctuary instead of the first floor sanctuary. So, like, for myself, that was also the same time where I started college as a freshman. So I was a little bit hectic trying to figure out what's going on, but praise God, like, first thing, I think the most important thing that God put the right people for AGC, like all the leaders that are here today, all the people that serve, all the people that come today, like, that's obviously from God's grace, and that that couldn't be by my own strength. And, yeah, so AGC now, praise God, like, we're our goal is to reach really just the youth population, not specifically Indonesian population, but just youth, because, like, in reality, we all need Jesus. We all need a community to seek Jesus together. And so, yeah, praise God, like, now it's almost August, so it's almost eight months AGC has been thriving, has been growing. And yeah, I'm so excited for our online platform. Hopefully soon we can open up physically again. I miss seeing everyone in person. But yeah, that's where we're at right now, eight months in. Right, 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 right. It's really just a blessing what you're doing with um, Aero Generation Church. And I just really love your heart to not just reach the Indonesians, but also to just basically influence the youth in Philadelphia. And um, speaking of the demographics in Philadelphia, you would be considered like more of a minority in Philadelphia, I think. And being a minority in Philadelphia, um, starting this Christian community, definitely, I would say it's not... Um, exempt from any challenges or any doubters, right? So being this minority and starting a youth ministry, especially when you're starting with college, as you said, there was a lot of things that you needed to balance out. Have you had any doubters or challengers? And how did you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, of course, I think if you don't have any problems, then are you really doing the right thing? As in like, right. we're living in this world right now. If we plan to seek God's plan for us. Of course, the world is not going to agree. The world is going to go against us. Um, over these eight months, praise God, we've had a lot of problems. We have a lot of things going on. But I think one of the main challenges, like, to be honest, like, for myself, like, I don't want to be, like, person who pretends, like, everything is, like, perfect in the church. Because I want, like, I 
want to teach a culture of just really being honest with each other or really just being open with our problems because if we're not open with our problems like who's going to help us who's going to pray for us and i think one of the challenges for agc right now i mean honestly like if you look in the news right now it's like racial tensions a lot of topics concerning race and obviously like if we're looking at it objectively in agc it's still not very representative of the philadelphia demography um yeah mostly we we're still like all asians um Mm -hmm. and that's definitely something i've been praying about something that we want to reach out to more just making it more welcome not just for asian people but for white people for black people for hispanic people for all types of people yeah because i believe like jesus for everyone jesus is not exclusive to the asian race or the white race or anything like that but really like just for everyone and that's something that i've been really learning myself just because again growing up in philadelphia yeah I experienced a lot of discrimination against my race. Um, a lot of, not, I wouldn't say violence, but just like really prejudice, really not very good things, especially in the school, um, like just friends outside of church. And then now, especially like the death of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, yeah. Anna Taylor, so many names of people that are dying in the hands of the government, in the hands of police. Like, obviously, our country is not where it should be right now in terms of social justice, in terms of racial equality. Um, And I think we have a very important role as a church, especially as a church that is mainly Asian right now, just because, like, in the news, it's a lot of black versus white, brown versus white. And for Asians, like, you don't really know what our role is in this conversation. And I think as a church, one of the most important roles we could have is just to listen like just to listen about other people's experiences just because it's so easy for myself to be like, oh yeah, white people should do this, black people should do this, and then everything will be okay. But it's really not that simple. You can't just boil it down. You can't find the answer to racism in like a five-second sermon or five or ten-minute preaching lesson or anything like that. And so really what we're trying to do now, especially in our small groups, Era Generation Life, that we started Right when quarantine started, actually, so we started in, I think, May or April. One of the main things that I've been teaching is, like, really, like, the church should not be silent about racial inequality, first of all. If we are silent about it, where are people going to go for answers? I believe the answer to racism is not found in, like, political belief or, like, violent rioting or, like, just reposting stuff on social media. Like... I understand why people do that, but really, people should look to the Bible. People should look to the church for answers, and we have to be able to speak up about it. Like, it's something that is really relevant, and if we don't speak up about it, who's going to do that for us? And so definitely what I've been teaching is, like, be a listener. Like, you find so many people who can talk for hours, but really be a person who can listen to other people's stories, to other people's testimonies. Because if we aren't going to start a culture of listening and learning, then we won't get any progress done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Listening is something that's underrated. And I think in this world um, where information is everywhere, social media and everything, it's really good to just stop and listen. And what you're doing, I think, from the standpoint, from the perspective of a young person, of a youth, 
Um, it's also really great to be able to address these issues, to be able to use your community, use what you have done in AGC to bring an impact that still addresses the world's issues, but from a young perspective, which I really commend. And yeah, speaking of uh, living in these tough and crazy times, um, as you said, you can't deny it. There will always be problems like in any community. But in these tough and crazy times with the pandemic and then also with these looming racial issues, as a leader, as a youth pastor in your community, how did you encourage your community amidst these um, unprecedented situations? And what gives you the faith that, hey, things will get better and everything will be all right? Yeah, that's a good question. Just because, like, all over social media, everyone always like, oh, 2020, like, let's just skip to 2030 or let's just skip to next two years or something like that or let's just throw out 2020 away. But my perspective yeah. is, like, no matter what year you're going to be in, there's always going to be something that's going to be the problem right now. And I think, like, what I've been saying to all of the youth, like, just from teaching and from, like, small group is, like, we have to seek everything with a positive perspective like see look at everything as an opportunity um i forgot who said this but they said something really good it was like now with all this time when we're when we were in quarantine like um you lose out if you haven't learned something new if you haven't gotten a new skill with all this time that we've had because i feel like like past years Everyone's always complaining about, oh, I would read the Bible, but I don't have enough time. I would learn this, but I don't have enough time. I would start a podcast, but I don't have enough time. I would start preaching to my friends, but I don't have enough time. And I think really this year, God is like showing us like, you know what? I'm going to cut off the school for now. I'm going to cut off your job. I'm going to cut off you even going outside. Let's see what you do with your time now. And so for us, like with this quarantine, I believe it's like, yeah, it's just another thing that we should invest in like with all this time that we have at home like we should be learning new things we should be having these tough conversations we should be spreading messages of positivity and really like trying to encourage everyone in these times just because yeah i believe that like through everything that god still has a purpose even though like no matter how crazy it might seem that like if we're still alive today we're still breathing and we could still wake up it's still another chance for us to do something. It's still another chance for us to learn something. It's still another chance for us to pick up a new talent, a new hobby, whatever it is. Like, we have to keep going. We can't be stagnant. We can't just be like, oh, this is 2020. I'm just going to watch Netflix all day. I'm just going to be on TikTok for hours. If that's how we choose to spend our time, then we, we reap what we sow. If we reap things of hard work, of patience, of love, of faith, then we will see in the future, whether it's tomorrow or 10 years from now, that what we're led by at this age is going to be what we're leading at the next age. Right, right, right. And and that's so true. Um, what's happening right now with everyone in quarantine, I wouldn't disagree with you. Um, like, we're being forced uh, when we're all at home. It seems like content is blowing up, social media, everything. People are just making content um, here and there, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is, podcast. But I, I really agree. It's up to us um, how we want to use our time. Yeah. Do we want to use our time to just chill and you know um, watch Netflix all day, or do we want to actually um, sow the good things? You know, start sowing things that will be actually useful and beneficial for our lives. 
Um, yeah. So, so definitely, I think uh, what you're saying really resonates with me too, and my audience as well. I think. Um, and actually, one one thing that I uh, really want to ask you, and something that I'm quite interested in, is you're now a youth pastor at 18 years old, right? Yeah. Wow. It's not Great. common for someone to be a youth pastor yeah. at this young age. I mean, my youth pastor in church, he's even like around 30, I think. So 18 years old is definitely like quite a challenge, I think. But what keeps you going to do what you're doing every day and lead this community, especially with, as we said earlier, all these doubters, all these challenges. And again, with you being at Penn and then your social life and then also leading this youth ministry what keeps you going yeah i mean definitely like the reason why i can be who i am today is definitely god but also i think my parents faith just from a young age like when i was born they really like set out and really sacrificed my life to god and so i think the reason why i'm not afraid to know my calling the reason why i'm not afraid to pursue my calling as a pastor as well as student, as well as, you know, just an Asian American in America, I think it's because, yeah, I know that I'm not doing this based on my own strength because, like, yeah, I'll be the first person to admit, like, if you ask me how I'm doing, like, human perspective, like, yeah, I'm stressed out right now. I don't know what's going to go on. Like, I don't know what I'm going to preach about for this Sunday. I don't know what's going on with my classes this semester. But, like, one thing really from the Bible that keeps me grounded is, like, today's worries is enough for today so like there's really no point worrying about tomorrow when we aren't finished with today and yeah like what you said like youth pastor yeah definitely something i'm still like crazy about like that's so wild i'm still a teenager and i'm also a youth pastor and yeah i think for me it's been a challenge but also a blessing in disguise just because obviously a challenge is like yeah i don't I don't know what's going on in my life right now. I don't know what I want to major in. Maybe psychology, but maybe not. But, like, yeah, the challenge is definitely, like, I don't really have other 18-year-old youth pastors to talk to. (laughs) A lot of people who relate my specific, like, my specific life. But I think also the blessing behind that is, like, the people, like, the congregation that I'm a part of, they can really understand me not just as, like, this scary leader who they're supposed to listen to all the time but just as someone who's going through the same things that everyone else is going through like all the teenage problems like i'm not somebody who's specifically like more holier or more perfect than anyone else at the church and i really think that is a specific reason why god is using me just because i'm not afraid to admit i'm not that great like humanly speaking i'm not that talented i'm not that special from everyone else the message that I want people to get out of my life is like, if God can use someone as messed up as myself, as young as myself, like there's no excuse for God to use you, for God to use anyone, no matter what you think your limitations or your weakness is. Yeah, really, God can use anyone. And I think that's been something I've experienced in my own life so many times. Wow. I mean, that is something that really draws me in. And um, having someone that's actually relevant, having someone that's actually humble and having your youth pastor saying, hey, I'm broken. I'm actually not perfect. I'm not the most holy person. That kind of connection, I think, really um, 
it really hits and it really draws people in. And just to follow up on that, do you think that's what the church and like the youth movement in like Christianity should be about? Um, do you think um, being relevant is the way instead of, you know, being so separated, if you know what I'm saying, from the youth? That's definitely such an important topic in the church. And just in general, like with business, with whatever, financing, with school, like being relevant is so important. I love what my dad always says. It's like be new in style, but be old in teaching or value. Like definitely mm -hmm. we have to be relevant because if not, people are not going to connect with the church. A lot of people right now, they don't connect with the church because it's all like the same songs from like the 60s or if it's like if it's like people that's only like 40 years or older or something like that. But definitely being relevant is important. But just as important, I think, is to be still grounded in truth of the Bible, is to be grounded in our values and our foundation. Because like it's so easy for us to chase the culture. Like everyone is always saying mm -hmm. like, oh, for the culture, blah, blah, blah. It's so easy for us to follow the trend. But in reality, we lose our actual message. Um, very great verse. It's like, why would I get in the whole wide world just to lose my soul? Like, it's important to get people's attention. But once you have their attention, once you have their following, what is your message? Is your message about gossip? Is your message about bringing down other people? Is your message about something that's negative? Or is your message about love? Is your message about acceptance and grace, which I think everyone needs? We all need grace. We all need forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is really important also. Like, um, as modern, as trendy as you can be, especially in the way you deliver your content and everything, I think in the end, you have to go back to, like, the basics. The yeah. Don't uh, forget the truth. Don't forget, um, don't forget, like, the OG. Stay true to what, uh, what the truth is. So, yeah, I really agree on that. And Judah, actually, it's almost 30 minutes, so... Um, probably I just have a few questions that I will yeah, have yeah. Um, as we wind down this episode of this podcast. But before that, I just really want to know, as you um, lead this Aero Generation community as a youth pastor at a very young age, um, what are the values that you hold on to? What are the things that um, you hold on dearly to yourself? Yeah, definitely for AGC, my... One of the main things that I really focus on is community, just because, like, yeah, in my personal life, like, yeah, like, God can use, like, super, like, miraculous, like, miracles or dreams, or, like, crazy visions of the skies opening up and have, like, a message from God. But definitely something that a lot of people take for granted is that God can work through other people, that God can work through community. And that's something that I've had to learn in my personal life. Um, like, I remember a couple of years ago, like, I was going through just really dark times, just like kind of a battle with depression and just anxiety early in my high school career. And at that time, like, of course, I believe in God. And my prayer was always the same. It was like, God, like, if you love me, why don't you help me at all? Why don't you give me, like, like the answer to my depression? Why don't you give me, like, your miracle or something? Like, I was asking God for him to work in my life while at the same time, I was intentionally pushing away people who God sent. I was blocking people who God actually sent that would later help me. And that's definitely, like, my personal story that I want everyone to learn about. Like I said earlier, like, I will, I'll be the first one to admit, I'm, like, not the 
most perfect Christian or whatever. But definitely, if people can learn something, it's like God can work through community. So definitely don't close any doors to people who care about you. Don't take for granted your church community, your family, your school friends, just anyone who cares about you and takes the time to really help you with things that you are worried about, with things you're dealing with. Like God never meant for any of us to be alone. That's why God created Eve for Adam. That's why Jesus was not by himself all the time. That's why a lot of people in the Bible, like God give, God puts them in a community. A major way that we take for granted is that God can work through other people in our life. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, what God is doing through you is uh, such a blessing. And for my audience listening, I don't really want to impose like you have to believe in Jesus. But I think for me, I'm also Christian. And as you can hear from Judah's story, what I love about um, the relationship and being just a Christian is that as broken you are, as messed up as you are, God can use you. And Judah's story really, yeah, it really echoes that, I think. Uh, so that is why I'm really grateful to be a Christian, um, especially in this uh, in this crazy world that we live in. Yeah. Judah, thank you so much for your time. Um, I have you. one last yeah. question yeah. Uh, for you before you leave. So... Yeah, we started this podcast talking about your parents' background and how your parents came into Philadelphia with that faith. And again, you said throughout this episode how uh, your dad has uh, also been a role model to you. And I've often seen you say in social media and everything that I am my father's legacy, that you want to keep the legacy that your uh, dad has planted on you since a very young age. And yeah, I think from what I'm seeing, even in Jakarta and two, three times I've been to uh, Philadelphia and Bethany Church, I've seen that your impact in AGC, Penn and Philadelphia, it really has um, resonated that and you have been continuing uh, your dad's legacy, which is just really amazing. But as this podcast is all about the next generation, about uh, the future, what legacy and what vision do you wish to leave behind for today's youth and the next generation? Wow. You definitely saved the best question for last. Wow, that's that's a good question. What legacy I want to leave? I would say definitely. Um, again, like now, especially in twenty twenty, like what I said earlier, it's so easy for us, especially quarantine now. It's so easy for mm-hmm. us to be isolated. It's so easy for us to cut off all the connections with our friends or with our parents. Even even if we live in the same house with our parents, it's so easy for us to cut off that connection. And just stay in our room all day. And definitely the legacy I want to leave behind is like that we all need each other. That like right now is not the time for Superman or anything like that. But right now it's the time for a super team where like we get through this together, not with our own strength, but really like with unity with one another. I really believe like we're only as strong as our weakest link. And so, like, when even the most we think maybe or someone thinks, like, irrelevant or unimportant people, like, those people are just as important as anyone else. Just because people may not see how often we go on stage or a social media presence or how popular someone is. Like, we are all important and we all have a role to play. And definitely, like, yeah, the lasting impact, the legacy I want to leave behind is just really encouraging everyone to make the most out of their relationships, really invest in relationships that grow, whether it's investing, like obviously, like when we talk, when we think about investment, it's like money, but also like your energy, your time, 
like not every relationship that we are part of right now is one that is constantly growing. So we have to really be wise about where we invest our time to, who we spend our time with a lot, and also who we spend our energy with, who we think about often, who we are worrying about, who we are helping with. Like Those are all important things for us to consider if we really want to have an impact. Because, yeah, as I've been learning from my dad, what we leave behind when we think about impact, it's like a lot of people think about maybe money or popularity, but really a lasting impact that will outlast my life, that will outlast my dad's life, that will outlast one person's life is how you affect other people, is how you impact other people and they carry it through their own story to their children's story, to their grandchildren. And that's definitely super important for us as a young age. Because I think for young people, we like we look at things short term, like, oh, what can I do for today that will make me famous tomorrow? What content can I create today that will make me go viral next week? And those things aren't wrong, but sometimes we don't think long term. How, like, even to be blunt, like, after I die, after I pass away, how will people remember me? How will people see my impact in this world? And I hope it's not just money, it's not popularity, but it's really encouraging people to grow in relationship with other people, with God, with your parents, whoever it may be. Relationship, relationship. That's what I always stress. That's it, that's it. Wow, no, that is so true. In a world where you can be anything, as cliche as it sounds, uh, you can chase clout, you can chase money, there's so many things you can chase, but in the end, if you're not being a good person and if you don't embrace community, I think everything else is um, meaningless, right? And I think that is so true. I mean, throughout what you said, really so many good points that my audience can really take from what you're saying. And um, definitely uh, caught me a bit off guard when you said super team first, gave me memories um, of <laughs> the Warriors uh, signing Kevin Durant, something that I don't really like, but... <laughs> anyway, regardless of that, your message, that's really powerful. And I hope uh, people will be blessed by what you're saying. So I think um, that actually wraps up my episode. I just really want to say thank you, Judah, for taking this time to talk to me and being willing to share your values through AGC and through the youth ministry. Probably, do you have anything else to say? Thank you for having me. Um... Yeah, definitely. I, I've been listening to the snippets of this podcast. Definitely love your message. Just the idea of footprints. I like it. Very creative. And I think, yeah, I'm excited to see where you go personally um, when you start university. You know, even after university, I'm excited to see how you're going to impact this world also. Uh, yeah, I'm rooting for you, man. Um, I'm so encouraged just seeing your testimony, just seeing your story. Um, definitely definitely gives me encouragement every day also you're too nice man thank you so much <laughs> and thank you and thank you so much for the support you've given me also throughout this podcast so well it was a great time talking to judah obviously i hope my audience really have a lot that they can take away from this episode so this is the footprints podcast signing out bye-bye everyone